Hey guys, welcome back to Free Game. Uh, Luke Jurassic, your host, co-host Jeremy Todd, and Ali Lilani. Ali's basically a jack of all trades as we're finding out. We're sitting here, um, one of the owners of Lux Jewelries, also now a professional wrestler, and also a uh, sleight of hand magician, as, as we're finding out. Um, so just kind of as we get started, um, we'll probably end up getting back to the other stuff and probably focusing on that, but how long have you been in business with, with Lux Jewelers? Uh, we've been in business since 2012. I've been in jewelry since I was 15 years old. It was my first job. Like While I was in high school, I knew I wanted to make money. I saw an opportunity to work at a jewelry store in a mall. Uh, it did belong to my uncle, but I was like, you know what, it's a good place to start, and I just kind of stuck with it. I fell in love with it. I fell in love with uh, not just selling the jewelry, but like being able to create my own jewelry and have people say like, yeah, this is a unique piece, a piece of art that was created, you know, just for me. Speaking of pieces, art, <laughs> unique pieces. Yeah. Uh, for those of you guys that listen to iTunes, Spotify, and not seeing YouTube, Ali's got a $80,000 badass watch on Flooded right now. As it's it's 80000 right now. By the end of this week, it might be eighty-five. Just letting you know, the prices of these are going up like crazy just because the demand is so high on these Cartier watches. Uh, this Cartier Skeleton. It's got about 25 carats of diamonds on here. Jesus. And they're all VS1 clarity. Oh, so, no. uh, you know, this is, yeah, this is a good example of our work. It's all hand set. It's all, every hole is drilled by hand. Every diamond is sat by hand and all the prongs are tightened by hand. So, you know, you get really close setting on these and they look beautiful. Yeah. So how, so your uncle was in it and you got into it after that. And then obviously I've been in the store. I'm presuming it's just all family. So Lux is actually me. I'm the CEO. Um, and then it's my brother, who's my partner, and our cousin, who's also our partner. And everybody else is kind of like either family or they've become family, um, even though they're not like literal family. Right, right. Uh, the people we hire, we like to say we're a family. So we are a family business in that sense. Nice. Um, we treat everybody uh, with respect. You know, if, if anybody has an issue, they can come to the CEO. <laughs> like that's it's an open door policy so right. that's how we have that's how we operate our business and that's how we take care of everybody including our customers so yeah i would say our customers are our family too so if they ever have an issue or a problem well we like to be there and take care of that uh i always say that in business things go wrong you can't stop that from happening of course if you if you have a successful business things will go wrong in it it's how you handle what goes wrong yeah that's turn you complaints apart. into new customers or more business yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, and I mean, even with if you don't, if you guys don't mind me being candid here, like oh, you guys are my customers too. Right. You, know, you guys have shopped with me, and yeah. and both of you have had some slight things you wanted to change after you've made the purchase. Mm -hmm. And I've always been open with you guys. Super. Like, yeah. You know, if you guys ever want anything, my door's open. We can work with it. Of course, we'll, I'll work with you to get to where you need to be. Yeah, so, so yeah, basically, guys, um, Ali's the one that made the grills that I'm wearing right now. Also, originally had tops. And originally, I mean, he gave me what I wanted, but I just ended up not liking it after. So we're actually changing it up, and I'm going to get the the full tops before I, I had, like, just the canines with the bar. Right. But I ended up not liking – I was talking funny with him. So I was basically like, all right, I'm going to switch it up, and then no question, Ali just picked it up, and we're going to get that done too. Right, yeah. So he, he uh, Luke wanted the full tops instead of just the bar going across, and I tried everything I could to try to make that happen, but at the end of the day, it ended up being like, oh, we gotta remold it and just redo it from step one, so that's what we're doing now. We're gonna go back to step one and, and get Luke what he wants. Hell yeah. And we kinda of, kind of do that insurance, too. I mean, the first thing I teach my guys is, as soon as you get a client, you save their phone number, so if they ever call, you answer on the first ring, hey, what can, what's going on, what can I do for you? Because if they're calling us, it's probably something probably happened. Yeah, you know well, I mean? they're confused about. I mean, it's not yeah. always bad, no, it's but not it's always. nice to have their name. Yeah. So you answer them by name. 
and and companies make mistakes too so it's just kind of like hey cool what happened all right let me see if i can get to the bottom of it and we just keep it super upfront. and that's honestly been the key to our success absolutely sometimes it's just a matter of clarity right yeah. so i had a friend of mine who's been a friend of mine since high school and he bought a ring from me he went to go get it cleaned somewhere else which is perfectly fine but those jewelers probably didn't know his connection with me and i guess they were trying to throw shade or maybe just educate him on something he didn't know but he's like hey this ring is yellow but it wasn't originally yellow it was white and they plated it yellow so he texts me and he's like hey is this true and i was like i don't know if you remember this but when you were buying the ring it was white and you said the it's perfect but it's just not yellow and i told you that i would dip it yellow for you and he's like oh i do remember that <laughs> so you know it's just a matter right, of clarity right. like sometimes they don't remember but you i remember every detail about your purchase because i put my passion into it, i put my heart and soul into it so you know, sometimes it's just that, like you just have to clarify and be on the same page with the guy. In order of your passions, would you rank wrestling, jewelry, or, or magic? What would you say number one? <laughs> so when you came to my store and got your grills made, yeah, I would have ranked jewelry as number one. Okay. Right now, I rank wrestling as number one. All right, so wrestling is oh, nice. clearly going because that was only a couple months ago. That was yeah. I've been I've been in it for I think we're coming on week eleven now, so almost oh, three so you months. Knew, knew. Um, yeah, I, just, I never stepped in a ring. 11 weeks ago was my first time stepping into a ring or experiencing that at all. And now it just brings me joy. That's that, that, uh, When you start, your coach, if you ever take a pro wrestling camp, your coach, if there's a good coach, he'll ask you that by the end of the camp, I want to know why. I want to know why you did this. Okay, And they don't, they don't ask you right away. And they do that on purpose because a lot of people don't know why. There's just something they're trying. You know, they're trying to step their foot in it for the first time. And he's like, by the end of the camp, I want you to tell me why in one sentence. I want you to tell me why. Not three sentences, not a paragraph. In one sentence, I want you to tell me why. And my why at first was everybody's same why. I watched it when I was a kid. I was such a fan. Da 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 da. And he eight miled me. Okay. He basically oh. he basically was like, and your why can't be. I was a fan as a kid. Oh right. And he yeah, ate miled all of us. Okay. So he he be rabbited us. Right. Right. <laughs> so. You know, we, we were like, okay, we got to think about this. And I'm like sitting here kind of stressing it like, well, that was my why. And I really don't know why. And so I called my best friend three weeks in and I was telling him about what I was doing, like my experience so far and, and what's going on in the training. And he stopped me. He goes, Ollie, hold on a second. That's great and all, but I can literally hear joy in your voice as you're talking about this. I'm getting goosebumps saying this. He goes, you have, I haven't heard this joy in your voice in a long time. My best friend since seventh grade told me this. So he gave me my why. So I didn't even know my own why until somebody told it to me. And then I further iterated that to my wife, and I told her that he said that. And she's like, yeah, I was going to say, I think you found your zone of genius. Like you That's just a beautiful term, zone yeah, of genius. zone of genius. You just prosper while you're in there. You love to talk about it when you're at home. I put my wife in holds all the time. <laughs> she's she's my best friend. I was going to say, like, when the they time. start training, yeah. like, what is, what what do you, they do when you first start? Like, I don't want to give it all away because they do make good money okay. uh, from the training. But but yeah, so they, you know they teach you the fundamentals of wrestling, which right. is like when when they start a match, exactly what you see a tie okay. up, um, where where it goes from there, arm ringers, you know, arm bars, all kind of holds, um, mat wrestling. Um, right. After that, you know, they teach you more advanced stuff. So they mm -hmm. teach you, you know, like body slams and, and mm -hmm. suplexes and stuff like that. Awesome. Um, you know, you, you're taught how to run the ropes properly. You're taught and you don't you don't realize it. But in, inside the ring, there are lanes you got to stay in. Okay. So if you ever see people run ropes, they run right in the middle of the ring from left to right on TV. And there's a reason for that. 
it's because whatever action happens has to stay in a certain place so right. that everybody can see it. Everybody gets the same show. Okay. You know, it's also so, wow. so that you run the ring properly. You have to run the middle of the ropes because they're tightened. They're tightened. So mm -hmm. if you run the end of the ropes, that's going to hurt. It's going to hurt you really bad. Yeah, and it's going to mess up whatever you have planned. So there, there are good reasons for them to teach us that. Wow. And, you know, that's stuff that you're not meant to do. Your body is not conditioned as you're born to, like, do this stuff naturally. Yeah. So it's kind of like you have to learn it very well and you have to create a habit of it. And, you know, our bodies aren't made to crash into each other the way they do in a wrestling ring. So, right. you know, that's some getting used to, too. It's not that's for cool. everybody. It's not. And, you know, for everybody that I've told that, hey, I'm doing this and, you know, in confidence, I haven't told too many people, but half the people I tell, like, oh, that's fake, isn't it? Oh, wrestling's fake. I'll tell you this. I, I, when when anybody told me that they were a pro wrestler like years ago, that that also went through my mind. It never came out my mouth because I was raised better, but right. it always went through my mind. Like ah, uh, you know, okay, it's not. Yeah, until you've stepped through those ropes and you've done that, don't say that. I was gonna say those guys seem. <laughs> so I have to athletic. imagine. Yeah, like, that's I, was what I, was gonna say. I have to imagine that's super painful. Don't and just don't tons, say that tons of because aches and pains. I'm I'm more sore than I've been ever in my life, but I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. It's right. So cool. So it's 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 a it's a weird love of it, but um, yeah, that's you know I would say wrestling, jewelry. To go back to your original, yeah, yeah, I no, didn't forget. A, <laughs> bro, that's a great, that's a great explanation. Yeah. Wrestling, jewelry, just because I get to do my own thing in jewelry too. I get to make my own stuff, and I get to work with people like you guys who like let me do my thing. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like we're on the same page, and we yeah. create things that I love to make. And then I would say magic, just because I feel like I'm horrible at it. Like I, I love it, I love it, but I'm just like room to grow at it. kind of thing. Yeah, right. definitely room to grow. Yeah, I was, you know, I could probably fool. I fooled you guys a little bit earlier, but I yeah, could probably, yeah, I, yeah. I, I fool you guys. Yeah, I could fool you guys for like a second, but like you know, yeah, that's I'm not gonna be like stage ready for that stuff. So would you try to incorporate that into your wrestling gig? Magic. Yeah. No. So the diamond chic. I, I diamond chic. I'm obviously badass. incorporating more, more more jewelry. jewelry. Yeah, into my into my gimmick, but. Um, it's our coaches said to bring draw real life into it to keep it authentic and i love that idea because i'm incorporating my culture the chic part right mm -hmm. uh and then i'm incorporating what i love to do which is the jewelry part that's cool so it comes with like you know the diamond chic being kind of a celebrity in his own right where he hangs out with celebrities he makes jewelry for them mm -hmm. you know he's he does his thing and and you know he's the guy that that is the new Airplane flying, Learjet riding. He's bringing back that yeah. kind of like you so know, cool. grandiose to the to the culture, um, and you know that's that's kind of what I want to be. I want to be an exclusive VIP experience for everybody, if that, that makes sense. That's cool. You know what I mean? Like you can you can live the the nice life through me. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so kind kind of another tie-in. Like before um, we were talking about we proposed to your wife before we were on air. Um, the Ric Flair reference, right? So, I actually, he, he goes to Rock's thing now. But I was telling you before, like, hey, you know, he's going to come. <laughs> It'd be cool for you to meet him. I didn't know you actually knew him. Um, I was just telling Mike and Amanda about that. Our, our friends at Gwinnett, you know, Business Radio X that help us here. They were telling me Ric Flair lived here for four years. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, like, an autograph thing from here, like, from one of the bartenders that's still here. And, and just kind of like a crazy little tie-in at, at this exact spot. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, like, we were doing that. Ric, Ric Flair was... Um, was one of the residents. That, that used to be one of my favorite wrestlers. Shawn Michaels was my all-time favorite, but like Ric Flair was was one of them. Yeah, uh, Shawn is amazing. Rick is like a legend. So you, the fact that he's so close to this area, you know, like I know for a fact that he's still in this area, like not too far from here. 
So when you know he comes up to my store sometimes at the Mall of Georgia and you know, he's still blinged out, right? Of course, man, always. <laughs> what is what's his man, thing? What is he like when that, he comes in? What's he always looking for? He's like a ring or a watch. He's he's so cool like He's more of the type of guy where I'm like, hey, I just made this. And he'll, like, love it. So it's like he's not there for, like, one oh. certain thing sometimes. Okay. He'll just, like, let me show him things. Like, it's kind of like being a curator at a museum where I could be like, oh, these are the new paintings we have in. And he's like, oh, I love that. I don't like that that much. I like that one, you know. And then, right. you know, that's a, how our, kind of our rapport is with, wow. with him. So, you know, he'll he'll come through and, like, look at things. He may not buy all the time, but, you know, he, he'll like – he likes to look. And he's a fan of my art. So he, he always says – that he just loves the fact that whatever I create, he like loves it. So I, th- I don't know if it's just me creating it or if it's the actual quality I use, it's but probably he's both. just- a combo. It might be a combo, yeah, but he just loves it. And I, I just know that, you know, he's referred his daughter to me. So uh, her, his daughter is actually a performer, um, a wrestler. She's a WWE time. too, right? WWE, She's I like didn't know if I could say any- champion. Oh, I, I don't know so. if I could say any, uh, uh, you know, uh, company's names but she's a big wrestler yeah and she you know she's gotten stuff made for me and she loves my stuff too like i i personally hand delivered uh a pendant that she made for her fiance and uh he's a wrestler and it was his family's mask and i got to make it in diamonds and yeah i delivered it and i did crazy on the detail you know that the the small things are the big things which has always been my thing in jewelry but it's funny because my wrestling coaches say that too all the time and they're like it's the small things that are the big things it's like kind of like life Absolutely, no what yeah. You're into, the details matter. Yeah, yeah, and at, it's another thing that I've seen, like on my wrestling journey, where it's like I, I take a lot of my jewelry journey and it ties into my wrestling journey. When when my coaches tell me things, where I'm like, that completely makes sense to me because I've been doing it for years. You right. know what I mean? Like the the small things are the big things. Um, you know, build build up and and you know build to a point. Like matches, you have to build up to a point where you get the audience invested in it, and there's a payoff. Same thing with jewelry, okay. like. You know, if you come to me and you're like, hey, I want to make this. Yeah, I'll, I'll draw it out. But then it's just paper. Then we'll go to the next step, which is I'll make it a 3D model on the computer so you can kind of see it in real life. Then I'll print out a wax so you'll have it in real life. Then I'll cast it so you'll see what it is in gold. Oh. Then I'll set the stones on it. Then you see what it looks like. Then I polish it and it's like oh. the finished product. I was literally just about to ask you, when you make your own pieces, right. what's the process? That was the, That's the process right there, man, from start to finish. Like we start 2D and go to 3D and, and make it, you know, beautiful and and at the end like i've worked with atlanta united um i've made pieces for them and you know i've showed them start to finish like hey i drew out what i was going to make then i showed them on the computer and then you know made a 3d wax casted it set the diamonds polished it made like a whole little video package for them they loved it so they ended up using it with uh, trinidad james when they revealed their jerseys yeah yeah so he was wearing a few of my pieces when when he was in new york and i got to be there too and and experience that that was awesome (laughs) that's so cool do you have, yeah. I don't know if you can say names, but do you have a, a favorite customer? Um, I have a lot of favorite customers. Um, not all of them are celebrities. Right. So um, a favorite customer that I could say that people would know is Young M.A. Oh, she's nice. okay. a real big supporter of ours. And mm-hmm. besides that, she's kind of like a brother to me. Like, we could just hang out and shoot the shit. Like, we don't have yeah. to, you know, always be doing business. Like, we just relate on so many levels. Like mind wise and like the our our interests and our likes um the standards that we hold so it just kind of was like a natural thing um someone else that i do business with that i'm i'm really close to is uh i do a lot of business with like saints players okay like the nfl team uh and so sheldon rankins is actually one of my really good friends slash clients and every month he's like 
you know, I have this occasion or I need a gift for this person. And literally he's in New Orleans and I'm here and he just texts me and I'm like, I sent him a video and he's like, I love it. And right. like, oh, I'll just send awesome. it to him and he'll send me a wire. That like trust. It's, yeah, it's super, like I trust him, he trusts me. It's, it's a good relationship. And that's somebody who like, he's not really a household name. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're not gonna turn on MTV and see Sheldon right there. Right, right. But to me, he's so high in my book. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, like to me, he's like up here just because of like, not just the business we do, but like how we talk to each other. Like right, there's right. a mutual respect and a friendship there. There's wow. something genuine there. You know what I mean? That's cool. And then um, there is another big client that I deal with. I'm gonna reserve the name for now just because that person was talking about coming out with me on my wrestling debut kind of like as a manager oh uh, so cool so yeah so i'm gonna see if that goes through first hopefully yeah, it does yeah. fingers crossed but i'm a big believer in like not jinxing things so yeah, yeah of course of course yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna reserve that but we've you know we deal with a lot of people i was people. gonna say when we came to the store um with our buddy dude you were like super you were super chill oh yeah you're like the yeah. owner of it you're making pieces for people spending a hundred grand and you know we're just over there trying to you know get into get it in and you just first. treated us so like <laughs> yeah yeah what's up man like it was just cool it's, i mean it's that's like why we're so excited to have you yeah. yeah it's like a family vibe like yeah. whoever walks in you know yeah. it's like family to me Super it's, cool. it's not like i hold you to like you yeah. know prejudge you on like what you're going to spend with me and stuff right. like that i don't right. really at the end of the day i'm not really money hungry i'm more like work hungry like i rather be able to do work like good work you know what i mean be like, proud of something yeah absolutely the money comes secondary but yeah, money money to me is like it's gonna it's gonna come. Right. Like like I have the tools and I have the mind. Income is the outcome. It, yeah, exactly. In, income is always the outcome, regardless. So I don't have to push for it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like people are gonna pay me for my time and my efforts because I put love into those things. Okay. And it's worth it. My, yeah. the, you know, my efforts are worth it at the end. I know that. So that I'm comfortable with like not being pushy as a salesman. Mm-hmm. Like just to get you know money. Like right. I'll, I'll push you into things like hey let's try putting diamonds on on this or this configuration or these kind of diamonds because I think it's trippy and different and nobody right. else has it. Like, I'll be a little bit pushy on that. Okay. But like I, the artistic it, side. Right. But it won't be like pushy to be like, oh, but you know, it's an extra $15,000. Like right. to me, that's like, you should know why it's an extra 15,000 because I just told you nobody has this. Like we're, <laughs> right. we're doing, we're pioneering something mm-hmm. that's completely different. 15,000 in jewelry to pioneer something is nothing. Right. It's right. nothing to say I'm the first one to have this or I'm, you know, this is like with Young M.A., I made her piece and it's like a New York style piece, but it's like M.Y.A., like her, her initials, Y.M.A. And we put like really big emerald cuts in there that were just VVS. Like this thing is crazy. Like it sparkles like crazy. And I have not seen anybody in Atlanta do that before. And I told her that. And I was like, this is going to be a first like coming out of Atlanta. In New York, maybe somebody did it. In LA, maybe, but in Atlanta, nobody really did it like this before. And so when we made it, she was so happy with it. Like, she was in the store. We had our videographer, everybody come through. I think I saw that on the Instagram page. Yeah, yeah. It was, she yeah. went crazy on Instagram. All day on Instagram, she was shouting us out. Yeah. She just loved it, in love with it. And like, at the, at the beginning, it was kind of like, you know, I was telling her why it would cost us much more. And she kind of got it, you know, she was with it. But like, when I finally put it in her hands, she really understood it, mm. you know? And that's most of the time, that's the thing. It's like, you got to trust me until I put this in your hands. And then right. you're going to realize what's, you know, as far as uh, more clients go that I'm really good with, uh, 30 Rock, he, uh, he's a guy who made the beat for the box by Roddy Rich. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm really, really cool with 30. He's like, he's like my brother, too. Like, we hang out and outside of work and just, you know, like, we'll smoke a hookah or just chill and, nice. and talk. And he was actually nominated three times last night for Grammys. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so he, I don't think he won any, but 
he was nominated just to be nominated. I mean, that song by yeah. itself, 2019, was like the most played song, right? Absolutely. On Spotify Absolutely. and iTunes or something yep. crazy. And that, that song got nominated three times last night. So I think if it, if the Grammys were held in, 20, uh, in 2020, 20, yeah. they would have actually won. Yeah. But because they've had, you know, some time to like have new stuff. What have you done for in. me lately? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that song was like once he created it and it was out. I was in different cities. This is before COVID, obviously. I was in different cities in clubs, and I'd like hit them at 4 a.m. on a FaceTime. Like, they're playing the song. <laughs> and it was like every it night. blew up, dude. Like every night. And every night he'd pick up and just be like, <laughs> and just like probably go back to sleep right after that. Right, you know, right. like this guy's bothering me. That's but like, yeah, he'd like pick up and jam out with me for a little bit and just I'd show him like the whole club is vibing to your thing. So like, like I remember when we were in uh, Miami at Club 11. It's a super club. It's a huge club. Yeah, yeah. And they started, everything was cool, but they started playing that song. People lost their minds. People lost their mind. The, everybody was going crazy. The dancers were going crazy. And like, I just, I hit him up and I showed him everything. And he's like, yeah, that's crazy. I'm going to be, I'm going to be there with you next time. And then the pandemic happened. Oh, like, uh, I know. Right. Club so, 11. I, I originally was living in Miami before I came up here. Um, I don't know if I ever told you a story, mm -hmm. but. When I was first, when I was living there, my buddy Scott, who, who now works with me, he was a professor at, at Weber State, or Weber State, however you pronounce it, in Utah. And he comes to visit with this, this other guy, right? I pick him up, doing the whole Miami thing, showing him around. I was like, yo, there's this new, like, club slash strip club that's never, like, closed since they've opened. Um, so I bring him to 11. As we're walking in, I tell his boy, I go, like, no offense, man, you just look like a mark. I was like... <laughs> These girls are going to eat you alive, bro. Like, he's got, like, a bandage on his head and all this, right? We walk in. Immediately, some girl walks up to him, um, grabs him by the hand, and is, like, having him buy me beers. And I was like, yo, just tell the girl no. Tell the girl no. Tell the girl no. So, like, <laughs> like seven hours later, six hours later, right? I'm looking I'm looking for Scott. Um, this is this is before I was even doing, like, sales, right? Like, I was still just bartending. Um and he's sitting, like, cross-legged at the front of the stage, like, just drinking a beer. And I was like, yo, man, I live here. I got to go. Um, I was like, you want to come or are you staying? So he leaves. He's leaving with me. We look for his friend. And I see his friend, and I was he's still with the same girl. Oh, no. And I was like, bro, we got to go. Oh, no. I was like, we got to go, man. And he looks at us, looks down. She's holding his hand. She, like, yanks his hand a little bit. He looks at us, looks at her, looks at us, looks at her. Because <laughs> I'm good. And I was like, all right, bro. Like, I warned you, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking any part of this, right? We leave. This is the first night. We don't see or hear from this guy for two nights. Oh, no. <laughs> the, the third day, I'm dropping Scott off at the airport. And as I'm driving there, he gets a call from his boy. And his boy's like, yo, I just left. And I was like, motherfucker, you just left? <laughs> like, it's three days later, he goes... Yeah, all my cards are maxed out. They don't close. And I go, oh, my God, close. man. I'm so sorry. I warned you. I told you. He goes, are you, you're sorry. I live in Utah. What the fuck am I going to do? He goes, he goes, as soon as I pay him off, I'm coming back. Oh, oh my hilarious. God. Yes. <laughs> that was, that, I'll never Dude, forget that. Though. I've never been to Miami. Yeah, so 11 doesn't close. They don't close. At all. Oh, they don't close. Ever. So the craziest story I have in 11, my boy Ryan runs the place pretty much like Ryan Waterman. He's one of the people that you like, basically he gets the tables set oh, up nice, and everything, nice. you know, he like, he, he helps run the show. And my boy Ryan, I went in there and he introduced me to who's another close friend of mine now. His name is Michael Gade. Um, he's there. Um, you know, he works for UMF, uh, ultra music festival, and he's actually their, their legal counsel. So, or he was at the time, I don't know if situations changed, but he, he introduced me to him. We had such a good time. That was that same night that I had FaceTime 30. 
And um, we were about to leave. It was like 4 a.m., right? About to leave. We go outside. Michael also leaves. Uh, Michael stops. So we stop. We look at Michael. Michael looks at us. And he goes, it's my birthday. And we're like, oh, happy birthday. And he's like, let's go back in there. Like, <laughs> All right, shoot. So we walk right back inside. We've been there since 11 p.m., okay? Wow. We leave at 10 a.m. Go outside. Birds are chirping. Right. It's bright, sunny Miami morning. You know, everything is. I was like. Did we really just stay for That's 11? the trippy thing about Miami, man. It's like there's always somewhere open. Yep. And I was like, did we really just stay for 11 hours at 11? And my cousin <laughs> goes, yeah, we did. I was like, we're all getting tattoos. All <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was like awesome because the, the, from the time that we walked Do you have an 11 said, tattoo? No, not oh. yet. But, but it's coming, obviously. Uh, we From the time we walked out and had that conversation and walked back in, every shot, bottle, whatever was on the house because it was Michael's birthday. Wow. That saves that's a, how they take right, care of us. Yeah. That place is crazy expensive. So that, yeah, that's a that's huge how they savings. Do. But I'll turn around and I'll get like, you know, a $10,000 table one night just to support Ryan. You right. know, just to be like, yeah, I'm here to, to support right. if I'm down there. It's business. On yeah, the other end, yeah, absolutely. One hand washes the other. It's always about connections who you take care of. And, and the world is so small that, you know, Ryan saw that Shaq was one of my clients. Who's, Shaq is also one of my really good clients. I saw you shouting him out on your wrestling page the other day. Absolutely, yeah. So, so Shaquille O'Neal is one of my really good clients. Wow. He's like a big brother to me. Like, I love the guy. Um, and he actually trained at the Nightmare Factory for the match he had against Cody Rhodes oh, uh, okay. at AEW. So, um, you know, there was times where he'd walk in and he'd just, like, make eye contact with me. And literally, I'd be working out. And I'd just turn around and look at him. And we'd just be like this. And I'd keep working out. And, like, people in my class were like, did you just? Did you just? Yeah, Shaquille O'Neal. Did you just like, give a nod to Shaq? Yeah, it's cool. We're Without cool. saying anything? It's just right. so, yeah, it's so. <laughs> to me, it's like freaking awesome because, you know, I've watched him growing up, NBA legend. Yeah, you know? of course. And then to know the guy now and he like, you know, I have his number. We FaceTime each other. He tells me, hey, I need this. I need that. Sure, Shaq, I'll make it for you. You know, get it done. And then he just comes in and picks stuff up. Like, you know, it's awesome. And then he shouted me out on uh, his show, which is A Day in the Life of Shaq, I believe. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Where he was training for the rest but, of the um, I don't know what that is, actually. I think it's a show he has on TNT, I believe, and it's kind of like a docu-series mm. on, on his life. And, you know, he, he brought a film crew when he was training one time, and, you know, we presented a, a piece to him, and he put us on the show. So I don't know wow. if it's aired yet or not, but we're going to be nice. on that show. That's, That's so awesome. cool. Yeah, he's helping, you know, he's helping our business, too, and he gets it. Like, he's very business-minded, and he's a very smart business. He's got a ton of businesses. Absolutely, yeah. You know, he's, he's like Papa John's. Absolutely, yeah. Right? Yeah, he's making more he's money like now than he ever did in the NBA. Yeah. And and you know, he's learned to make money in his sleep, which is the goal. You know, right. like it, it, residual. I, yeah, I think Warren Buffett said if you don't learn to make money in your sleep, you're going to work till you die. Right. So, you know, that's the thing. Like he he's learned to do that and and you know, for anybody to learn to do that, it's a big thing, but yeah. like for somebody who basically is treated like, you know, an athlete only, like to, right. to get out of that and to be able to own businesses, it's not not and every athlete, up. right, and not every athlete's going to have that ability to yeah. do that. So, you know, you get accustomed to a certain life. You see your teammates live in a certain way. You want to do the same thing. You turn around, look, you're in more debt than you're making money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, right. like you've maxed out all your cards. You've, you've loaned, you know, you've taken so many loans, bought houses for what? You know what I mean? And then, like, at the end of the day, you're, you're not going to be able to generate income like you did before because it's literally your body yeah. that's generating the income. It's going to wear down. And we're, time is, is coming for us all. You know what I mean? Like me st starting wrestling at the age of 33, it's kind of, you know, I'm, I'm in class with people that are 19, 20 years old. Like they knew that they wanted to do this at that age. I didn't wow. know I want to do that at that right. age. But I, I'm not going to give less than what they give. You know what I mean? I'm going to give 100% like they give 100% just because I love it. You right. know what I mean? But it's kind of scary because I know that 
you know, 10 years from now, I'm going to be 43 and they're going to be 33, you know what I mean? Like, or 32 or whatever, right. like, you know, so it's a, it's a scary thing to think about it, but time comes for us all. That's, you can't stop that. I mean, that, so. that ties back into your why for the wrestling, which was, it brings you joy. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Anything that brings you joy keeps you young. True. I would say that's very true. Young at heart. A lot of people don't know I'm 33 when they meet me just because they've met me through the jewelry and that brings me joy too. And right. they're just like, oh, dude, how old are you? Are you 25, 27, 33? You're 33? Like, yeah, I am. Like, people, like, it's just, you're right. Like, it's the joy that that's resonates. That's so dope, though, that you have, <laughs> so you've done well in business at 33. Thank you. That's yeah. That's getting I, to the point where some people never get. I, I, I'm very thankful for that, but I'm, I'm as hungry as the day as I got into it. Like, right, I'm right. not going to, I'm not going to stop doing what I do or get complacent. You know, even though I've been doing wrestling, I've still been bringing income into Lux. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, that I'm always going to be a hustler. That's just who I am. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to make, you know, a dollar out of 10 cents every so day. So when but. you went from working for your uncle, were you just selling jewelry? Absolutely. When you started? Absolutely. I was selling, it? I was selling and then I got more responsibilities. You know, I got to take care of paperwork. I got to, I, I I basically every time there was an opportunity to do something, I said I'll do it. Okay. I'll do, and if I do it wrong, teach me how to do it, and I'll do it. So you just weren't you weren't scared. No, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, uh, also, it's crazy. Again, ties right back into wrestling because they tell us all the time. They're like, make yourself indispensable. Like, if you really want a job in this industry, make yourself indispensable. Indispensable. You know, right. do things that other people may not have the time to. Because right. any any job, big or small, is a job, and right. it'll it'll lead to something. You know what I mean? Like. We, we've had le uh, people come in and lecture us and they're like, you know, I work for this small indie promotion, but for them, I was a commentator, a ring announcer, a referee. I did their social media. I did their video edits. I did all this stuff. And then so when it was time for a bigger company to come and look for somebody, they, they're they like, well, this guy wears so many hats. Mm -hmm. like he's, he's so valuable. He's indispensable. Right. right. And so only two things could happen at that point. You either go for the bigger company that's going to offer you a better situation or this company realizes they can't lose you and they offer you a better situation. Either way you win. Either way you're the winner in that right. situation. So that's what that leads to, you know? So just open yourself up to opportunities, live outside your comfort zone a little bit, but learn something. So did you take his store and like rename it and create your own LLC and kind of take what he taught you and like put your art into it? I mean, is that? Yeah, so uh, in 2012, there was a store of his at the mall at Stonecrest that was losing money. I knew why it was losing money, but it was kind of hard because I was kind of in charge of a few stores at this point, but I wasn't really in charge. Like, I wasn't a manager. I wasn't anything like that. I was kind of just like the agent that was sent from store to store to kind of like see what was going on, see if they needed anything. But that particular store, I saw them doing really well in sales, but for some reason they were losing money. Hmm. Now, it's not... It's not, you know, Sherlock Holmes logic. You should know that if that's happening, someone's pocketing the money. That's right. all it is. So I knew that the manager that he had there was taking more than his share. So I was like, he said he wanted to sell the store because it was losing money. I said, I'll buy it from you. I'll take this store. So I ended up buying it from him. I ended up paying him off. I think we settled up in within like two or three years. I paid him off. And he basically said, the inventory in that store, whatever you want to keep, you pay for it. Whatever you don't want to keep, I'll take it back and I'll put it into my other stores. So I was like, Okay, cool. So I took it over, and then that store finally started to flourish, and then it started to do more than what it was originally doing because of the potential I put into it with my marketing and my thinking and the way I do things. So that's why I was able to take that store. Now we have three locations. So yeah, the Mall of Georgia. Mall of Georgia. Stonecrest. Stonecrest, which is the original one. And then we have one inside the America's Mart, which is in downtown Atlanta. But that's more of like it's not open to the public. Okay. 
Yeah. VIP. That's so cool. See, my, my thing with jewelry, actually, on the first one of these, I was talking about my grills. Um, and, and my appeal, or the reason why it's so appealing to me, is there's just several things. Um, I think I told you when we first, when we were getting them, is like the history of it. Like, I know they've been around for like 5,000 years. And then also, for me, it's the, the science behind it, right? So, gold is the best conductor, one of the best conductors there is. I use my mouth to make money, either on sales, or on recruiting, or now the podcast. I mean, the podcast, I'm really just doing it for love, but eventually I think it's going to end up prospering. Um, so for me, like that, that's such a huge appeal. Plus, I just think it looks cool. <laughs> like that, <laughs> that that's another huge cool. thing, too. Oh, absolutely. Um, what is it for jewelry for you in particular? So jewelry for me in particular is kind of like kind of kind of the same reason why I, I originally wanted to be a wrestler. There's a, like an exclusivity to it. You know, not everybody has access to it and not everybody is going to be able to afford it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that. I right. kind of like the fact that it's not something for everyone. You know, but that gives it value. Right. It's only and, and that that word is actually like down to the finite point of jewelry value is like the word that is the most finesse. And I say that because at the end of the day, you're paying for something that's not going to keep you warm. It's not going to give you shelter. It's not going to nourish you. It's something that's a complete luxury. Yeah. Right? right. But it's somehow become a necessity almost in the culture. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't have this, you don't have status. If you don't have this, you can't get married. Right? You can't oh, get right. engaged. Right? So, like, the, the, the actual, like, value or the idea of value behind jewelry is kind of why I love it. It's because it's, it's, like I said, exclusive. It's not for everyone. It's a VIP experience in itself. Not everybody can walk into a store and be like, hey, here's $1,000 out of my pocket right? for right. something that's not going to feed me, you know, clothe me or keep me warm. That's so true. Right? So I used to bartend. I was never even thinking about. <laughs> jewelry at the time. Yeah. Right. I just, you know. The, so I, yeah. and, and so, you know, as you go up in life and go yeah. up being like, you know, not grow up, but just go up in your mentality. Yeah. Like the more you mature, the more you see it, you start realizing like, hey instead of buying stocks or instead of buying Jordans and instead of buying, you know, something that's going to sit there and maybe go up or down, gold has been going up right? year after year after year. Perfect example is I met somebody and they had a really nice Figaro chain on. And I was like, yo, that's a really nice chain. They don't make them like that anymore. It's like, yeah, my dad bought that. And he passed away. He handed it to me. He bought it probably in the 60s. And I was like, well, you've made a lot of money on that chain. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, I bet you that your dad, whatever he paid for it, you multiply that by 10 or 12, that's what it's worth right now. And he's like, no way. And I was like, go look at the gold price. You can check what the gold price was in the 60s. If you know the exact year, the exact month, you can check. It's historically documented. Mm-hmm. And see what it is now. Multiply that by the gram of your chain. Yeah, You're going to know exactly how much money you've made. And that's the thing. Like When people buy gold, they're like, well, what if in like a few years I don't want it? I was like, in a few years... It's going to be worth more. It's going to be worth more. In a few years, you're going to want to hand it down. Yeah. That's what you're going to want to do. People buy this stuff and put it in safety deposit boxes. Right. That's what they do. It's a whole, it's a whole culture, you know, to, Mm. to buy gold, like even raw, unrefined, forget finished pieces. I broker gold too, like gold bars, gold bricks, gold balls, everything. So, you know, that's a whole thing in itself where people buy that, just let it sit. And then later... 
they want to sell it back, it's raw gold. Jewelers always need raw gold to make jewelry. Mm. They can right. get their money back out of it super easy. Right. So, you know, that's, you know, I, that's kind of why I like it. Awesome. It's like the value, the value and the exclusivity that comes with it. What's your favorite metal? My favorite metal. So that's a tricky question. And, and what's I, the difference between, I guess, before we get to that, what's the difference between yellow gold and white gold? So, so we call him white gold yeah, now because he he got that Cause white gold necklace right, from you. Right. And the office we call him white gold. So <laughs> gold is the same when it comes out the ground. Okay. When we refine it and finish it into a product, we can either finish it with a polish, regular polish, which keeps it yellow, or we can put rhodium on top of it. Rhodium makes it white. Whoa. Now, rhodium is another metal that comes out of the earth. The value of rhodium versus the value for gold, which I'm going to show you right now. Rhodium. I've never even heard of that. Nobody has. Look, this is a gold gold spot app. Okay? okay. So it shows you gold price daily. Gold price has gone up 40 cents overnight. So an ounce of gold right now, the asking price is a hundred. So sorry, $1,729 and 30 cents. Wow. Okay. The spot price for rhodium is 22,000, 22,000, 22,000 versus 1700. Whoa. And it's funny because when people ask us like, oh, why does my white gold chain cost more than a yellow gold chain? That's why, because we have to put rhodium on it. Rhodium is a lot more expensive. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's like a very minimal amount of rhodium that takes to make that whole chain white, but we but, still right. gotta pay for that much rhodium. Yeah. Right. I was gonna say, it's what, 12, 15 times more expensive. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's the whole thing about it is like, that's the difference between yellow gold and white gold. And then okay. rose gold, we take that, ro we take the rhodium and add a chemical to it that turns it pink and then hmm. we put that on the yellow gold that makes it rose gold so so cool metallology yep it's all chemical process it's all science and and metals <laughs> that's why where's rhodium is rhodium found like same place as gold found no i think it's found in different spots i have to do a little bit more research on that okay. so uh, i will look into that though because i do like learning so I'll, I'll look more into where rhodium is mined but i think it's not found where gold is found and then does platinum come out of the ground too? Yes. So platinum is another natural metal, comes out the ground. It's supposed to be harder than gold. So if you take 24 karat gold, pure gold, and you take 99% platinum, which is pure platinum, the platinum will be harder than the gold. But it, usually the gold that we wear is 10 karat, 14 karat gold. Mm. That's actually harder than platinum because of the additives that are put in it. So 24 karat gold is pure gold. When you have 14 karat gold, it's actually 58.8% gold. And then the rest is like additives, like copper, nickel, brass, all that okay. stuff. So it makes it harder than the platinum. So people usually buy platinum with the old age old saying like, oh, it's harder, it's a tougher metal. Yeah, it's true, but it's not true when it comes to what you wear, like your jewelry. So it's right. funny because uh, there's so many people I have to explain that to because they come in, they just want platinum. And I'm like, why do you want platinum? Oh, because it's the hardest metal. Well, no, it's not. Not for what you're looking for here. If right. you're buying it raw, then yeah, but you're not buying it raw. So I have to like explain that to them. That's crazy. Yeah. How expensive is platinum? Platinum's cheaper than gold. Is it? Right is it really? now. I believe so. We could check that app again. Uh, yep. So spot price for platinum is 1208 and then spot price for gold was 1729 Wow. So, oh, no shit. Yeah. Hmm. So theoretically, if I were to get platinum girls, it'd be cheaper than gold. Uh, theoretically, yes, but then no, just because this doesn't take into account labor, and it's a lot harder to work with platinum. Oh, so then your labor price comes up a lot higher. But if you're talking about just spot for raw then yeah it's cheaper to buy platinum right now is platinum considered a good um conductor as well so gold is the best conductor as far as heat and electricity goes and so a lot of um 
a lot of big companies that do like aeronautics and stuff like that will use silver actually just because it's the second best and it's cheaper than gold and gold is gold is the best conductor and it, it can last for a long time it, yeah. it can run a lot of uh, conductivity through it without deteriorating um, silver will be the next best platinum I've never heard of anybody using that but it's okay. it might have to do with pricing people use more silver because of pricing so if, if we look back at this I know this third time I'm showing you this app now look at how cheap silver is compared to gold that's crazy per ounce right so if you have to use uh, you know gold tipped or silver tipped you know things in your whatever you're building for conductivity you'd go for silver just because you'd be saving, right you'd be saving a lot of money but still getting the conducive but an actual efficiency would be gold right so absolutely I used to have this weird trivia belief <laughs> that like humans from the future or somehow we're programmed to know that gold these metals would have a great electrical conducting to them because gold's always been valuable even before we had electricity and things like that. And now I know like in a lot of electronics and stuff like that, they use gold. And I just always feel like somehow it was programmed in us to value these metals even before we knew why. Yeah. Because. That's a good point. I just, uh, to me, gold's always been valuable from what I know of. Like even, you know, people in like the Bronze Age and they needed like metals to like kill and hunt, gold was still valued. Absolutely, yeah. So to me, it was just, it's because it's easy to work with. It's malleable. Is that why? I don't know. It's either. I mean, if you look at the great empires uh, throughout history, their currency's always been gold. Yeah. So it's always had the highest value. And like, if you think of the concept of currency, it kind of seems like you're being suckered into something that that is like not, like it's like yeah. almost used car salesman y. You know, like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, I'll give you this hard earned, uh, <laughs> you know, thing that I farmed for a couple of those gold pieces. And it's kind of like, well, who said that this was worth anything? You know right, what I right. mean? But then it goes back to like, yeah, it was used in weapons and it was used in so many things. Building. In, yeah, to build temples, and whatnot. Right, it was at the, the it was the tip of the Pyramid of Giza. Yeah, that's you know? what I was gonna so, say. The yeah. Egyptians were huge on that. Right, and then they used it because uh, lightning would, would strike it and it, they, they'd be safe because the gold would absorb the lightning, oh. you know? And so that and like they i read somewhere the pyramid of giza used to be like pure white with just a gold tip on top it was oh, right it's actually is, it's actually at um the latitude is at the speed of light that's what i, um, I read yes it's in i last time i was talking yeah, about it was in feet it's not yeah. feet it's in meters so meters it's like 29.9 or whatever that is right so i mean that's that the whole thing is like you know gold has been around since the ancient egyptians which is like where first texts come from you know mm. what i mean so yeah i mean there's a lot of theories that that the the world already happened once like to the peak oh, yeah. of civilization it and reset. then something yeah reset it and that and well because like for us everything's digital right so if you just had an emp and the buildings slowly rot away there's no evidence of any computers i mean true you know what i mean the satellites are up there you know true everything or, can be wiped out everything can be wiped out or if a, if a meteor hits you know mm -hmm. that's like an atomic blast right there right. come from space so you know it can easily the dust particles everything can wipe out civilization Give yeah. it enough time, or you know. The flood from Noah or Gilgamesh or whatever yep. mythology or spirits. Any kind of. There's always like some kind of flood that wipes out the world. Mm -hmm. Any kind of apocalyptic disaster. And a restart. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, there's there's that theory. Some people think we came from Mars. Yeah. Some because people they're finding we, microbial life. If the, if the atmosphere dissolved on Mars, they could have shot over to Earth. And there's a theory that this is just a simulation. Like, we're all just here. Somebody's observing all of this. Principle. Right. Somebody's just observing. Like, they're beings observing us mm -hmm. that extraterrestrial highly intellectual beings that are right. observing like we're essentially a science project for somebody mm -hmm. well that would make sense with religion yeah, i mean it kind of lines up to a degree it, a, a lot of things <laughs> make sense if you you know put enough 
of this into it. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't like to subscribe to one theory because they all sound kind of cool. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like I keep knows? my mind open. Yeah. yeah. Still learning. Exactly. You quit learning, you start dying. Exactly. And there's a, there's a whole men in black thing. Like we're just a smaller universe and a bigger universe. And like, yeah. like there's a universe in here. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like there's just smaller universes everywhere. Like, and we're just like in this universe. So yeah, it's uh, a, or like Horton Hears a Who, I guess. That was, <laughs> I watched that movie that. the other day with my kids and it's all about like, these, like universe yeah, these universe. guys are a small universe inside a flower that this elephant finds. And, oh, wow. and like he can talk to one of them. And the one guy seems crazy because he's like, there's a giant elephant god that's talking to me. And everybody's yeah. like, you're the mayor of our town and now we don't believe you. You know, <laughs> yeah. like like the whole thing. And I'm like watching it with my kids. I'm like, whoa, I'm learning things from what they're watching. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, this is this is pretty cool. So, yeah, it's, you know, all, all these theories and whatnot. Like there's a reason. You know, that gold could be the thing that binds, you know, us to the higher beings or the extra beings or the before beings or whatever, right, you know, right. like, yeah, it could be, it could be something like that. It comes out the ground. So I like the term before beings. I've never heard that. The before before beings, beings. Yeah. You know, it makes like, sense though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh, like, it's just, you know, it's, it's cool to think about. That's, that's cool as shit. That's, that, <laughs> he'll tell you, that's basically all I think about. <laughs> it's like those many, different. Uh, joint walks talking about that shit. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's good to take your mind to, to the horizon and then try to push that horizon. Well, we were talking about the simulation theory one time. It's like, well, even if it is, it's still real. True. The simulation is still happening, whether regardless if there's other people observing, it's still, we're still in it. True. It's what I was so, telling you earlier, like, uh, uh, you know, before we came on the air, I said, some people are just living life, but they're not living life. You right, know what I right. mean? And it's like, even if it is a simulation it's still here to me, life is a gift. Yeah. Because, I know people that have passed away mm -hmm. and I will know people that aren't born yet. Yep. Right. So like, I know that while you're here, at least I know you're, you're, you exist in uh -huh. some realm of possibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's a gift, you know, don't take that for granted and, and do what you love 100% of the time yeah. that you're here. And that's like the theory I subscribe to most of all mm. is like, yeah, it's no, no, like, Hey, does it make you happy? No. Then why are you doing it? Right. right. Don't do that. Do something else that makes you happy because right. th you're not going to get that time back. Right. Right. I mean, the, the way I always think of that, especially with like the, the simulation and, and all that is just it's the hermetic teachings. It's um, <laughs> right. So just because it's simulation doesn't make it not real for us because we're still within it. Right. Absolutely. And, and being aware of it, maybe you can tap in a certain kind of like magical powers or whatever esoteric powers if you want to reference it as. Um, but we still have to play by those rules. And then the people you know that die and aren't born yet, um, I kind of tie that back into the speed of light, where for me, creation and destruction or birth and death are, are constructs of time. And at the speed of light, there is no time. Right. So theoretically, we've always judged. been there and we've never been there. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. It's kind of like both are there. It's always Absolutely. happening and never happen at the same time. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because to a much, 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 much like dumbed down degree, that's how I feel about money. Like a lot of people's goal is to be a millionaire, right? Or a billionaire or whatever, or like have all these cars and have all these houses and like you, you know, just basically have your bank account be at a certain level. And that's your idea of success. And that's your idea of goals. And I feel like in the simulation theory, they're actually watching us to see like, look at this idiot. He thinks this is success. <laughs> right. Like he thinks this is, he has spent no time with his family. Oh, right. He's alone at the end of the day. Mm. So, like, at the end, I think they're also trying to see if, like, if we, we hold ourselves to their constructs of, like, this green paper is what's going to make you happy. Mm -hmm. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, that, too. You said, like, so. the used car salesman aspect, right? Like, 
like money's useful but it's not the end all be all no, no. right and and we're in a highly competitive insurance industry mm-hmm. and um our team has essentially rose up and i'm at a certain level and i was actually just speaking with one of the vice presidents who's, who's cool as fuck um if he's watching this dude you're the man I'm not, gonna, <laughs> not gonna say names but he was like you know at the end of it because I think they don't know how to read me, right? Because I'm at one end, I'm I'm hyper competitive, mm-hmm. and I'm all in, and then on the other hand, I'm doing podcasts and wearing gold teeth, so like and talking about uh, yeah, these yeah. theories. Where, where <laughs> so like everybody else, right? Is and it's not in a negative because some of them I look up to too, like some of these people that that are theoretically beating me. Um, although there's not that many left, you know. I hear them tell stories and it's like they don't see their family and stuff like that. And my thing is like, I want to win real bad, but I just won't put it, be- like the only thing that exceeds my ambitions is my morals, right? Or my certain like, I totally non- get it. Totally get that. My, my non-negotiables. So like the vice president the other day was asking me, he's like, Luke, man, like we don't, more or less, like we don't know how to read you. Are, are you happy? And I was like, dude, I was like, I'm happy in, by myself in the car in traffic. I was like, yo, I have fun all the time. <laughs> like I, I told, like he'll tell you, I talk to myself, like, like I'm always yeah. laughing. I was like, yo, man, I have a podcast. Like, I'm doing all this other crazy stuff. Like, of course I'm happy. I was like, yo. But at the same time, I'm going to succeed at what I do because I'm not going to put it above everything else that I do. You know what I mean? That's why it's real success. Because that's what I was going to say. It's not to say that money isn't valuable. It just might not be the end-all, be-all, only because you can't take it with you. True. So it's good to do your best. And if money comes from being the best you then there's nothing wrong with that true and i mean some people are like i just want to make all this money because my idea of success is that my kids and their kids don't have to worry about money well that makes sense fair you enough know? and and that's true too and i think that's what it was for my dad i think that was my dad's idea of success i okay. think that he's done really well at that because if i were to just be a broke-ass bum right now and not do anything i'd be taken care of because of my dad's hard work well, not to say that his work ethic was passed on to you yes that was a, i was gonna say exactly. not not that i would ever do that Right. Like like I said in the beginning, as long as I have a brain, I have the tools to make money, mm-hmm. I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And I get right. that from him, too. Like, that's something that he instilled in me as well. It's like, you're smart enough that you're not going to have to ask people for money. Right. That, like, sorry for the people that are listening to this and not watching it, that your hands will always be able to be like this and not like this. Oh. I like that. That was that's his, awesome. That was his theory, and that's what he grew us up on. It's like, always be in a position to be this and not this. That's so if cool. That makes sense. The giver, yeah, yeah, not yeah. the taker. Yeah, so to be able to give to people and not to. And he said, if uh, he he told me, he said, you want to know what makes me successful? And I said, what? One day when I was a teenager, and he goes, the fact that no matter who comes to me, if they ask me for something, whether I can get paid back for it or not, I will try to help as much as I can. Wow. So That's that was awesome. his idea of being successful. It was like somebody comes to him, like, hey, I really need money, a down payment for a house. I can't get it from a bank. He would be the person. He would be the person to do that for them. That's so cool. And as a Muslim, he never believed in interest. So it's not like I'm giving you $20,000. I want 40000 back. You know, what's funny is wow. you say that. I didn't, I didn't know that there's a Muslim thing. We, before we were talking about my buddy Jamali, he's one of the most generous people I've ever met in my fucking life. Like, they, they're born. They got tons of money. But that dude, <laughs> you know, you go to the bar with him or something like that. Like, well, it's kind of that funny. Guy, I that noticed guy that just, with you when uh, I first started doing this. You were... I'm, I'm super generous. Jamali is super generous but i feel like if you had like <laughs> if, if i had more money buttloads of money i would probably be like that because that just translates I, I'm, I'm extremely generous i'm to like yeah. a, almost to well, a it's, fault it's funny because you probably are seeing success in your own <laughs> right because yeah. of that and it's not something you're doing because you're like oh the more generous i'll be the more i'll get back we never just, do it for that we do it just out of the goodness of our heart and the universe just brings it back to us mm-hmm. right like, 
that's just what it is if you give without any expectations it comes back to you right but that's the key is like you really can't have any expectations right. and it may not come back to you monetarily it, it, it may come back way. to you in, in opportunity it may come back to you in you know some something just going your way in karmic goodness but you know that's yeah. sometimes you have to stop and be like maybe that's because i did that and you just think about it for a second and just keep living and you know that's i'm sure you experience that all the time it happens it happens it's all a real the time. thing that happens all the time. Um, it's tangible as much as people think it's intangible. It's super tangible because it happens all the time to people I know and to myself and probably to you too. Yeah, so sometimes it puts me in positions where I can't get necessarily something that I want because I've already given out so much. But I just look at it as like, cool, you know, maybe it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be. Maybe if you got that thing, it would have led to your demise. So, right. you know, that's, that's the whole thing is sometimes it's the unknown that's actually the blessing that you have to just think about it like for a second, like, Maybe this happened for a reason that I, I won't understand, but it happened for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But so I got to, is your background Muslim? I know you said you went to uh, so, yeah, a Christian church for fun. Yeah, I was actually, I <laughs> which was, I think I, most Christians don't even do. Right. Yeah. So I was born, I was born Muslim. Uh, I was born a Shia imami Muslim. Um, it's a sect of Islam. Uh, and Shia and Sharia, if I'm understanding. So no, it's idiot. Sunni and Shia so are the two big, um, you know, dive, diverse. Isn't there one that's like more militant and then one that's more free form kind of thing? Maybe. I think we're more free form, to be honest okay. with you, because we only pray three times a day where the pillars okay. say to pray five. But okay. it's more like I feel like our sect is more of a modern sect. You know what I mean? Like like the principles of being a, a Muslim, one says you have to fast during Ramadan. Right. Like you have to fast during Ramadan or you're not a Muslim. Let me ask you a question. What if you're diabetic? What if you're pregnant? You going to die? Do they really want you to die to prove that you're a Muslim? Right. Is that what they want? Mm. So Good for point. us, I've, I've always been taught in my sect, like, yeah, if you have a health condition or you're pregnant or whatever, you don't have to fast because fasting, physically fasting from food is not the goal anyway. It's to be spiritually fasting. Is it like a, okay. Right. It's to not think impure thoughts. You know, it's it's to try to make yourself a better person. You know, Christian mm. people have Lent where they give something up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like that. My dad's doing it right now. <laughs> right, exactly. He's Catholic. Yeah, so, you know, uh, yeah. Easter's coming up soon, so I know mm-hmm. it happens right before then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just just give give up bad habits and bad thoughts, you know? like Okay. You know, just you, if you see somebody and you, you think it's really funny that they're in trouble, try not to think that way. Or like call yourself out on? I mean. Yeah, it's self-awareness. Right. It's it's 100% self-awareness because only you're going to know what you think is bad and good. Right. Right. To me, I'm like, hey, these guys are great people. If they probably see me in trouble, they'll probably extend a hand and be like, you know, that's I understand your pain or whatnot. That could not be the case. You could be one of those people where you see somebody in trouble. You think that's hilarious that that person's in trouble. Right. Which sometimes it is. Like, you know, as human nature, like, you, if you see feel somebody like run into a it. door right. and they're like, your nose starts bleeding, you're like, a little bit, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah, 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 but you really should be like, man, are you okay? Like, can I get you, like, can we stop, let's, how, how do we stop your nosebleed? Do you need to go to hospital? You know, like, it's just a manner of kind of changing your prescription, making yourself into a better person is what the fasting is really about, besides the physical fasting. Okay. Like, I know people that are great Muslims, Okay. In, in the sense of the term of being a Muslim, where it's brotherhood and morality and ethics, they'll eat a pepperoni pizza, right, right. which you're not supposed to do. We're not supposed to eat pork. Mm. Okay. Then I'll, I know people that are absolute killers. They'll rob you. They'll kill people. They will not touch pork. 
<laughs> so like where's yeah where's the gray area there that's and and i think like when it comes to religion like man-made religion that's the part that really trips me up mm. and to like Same. the dogma right the dogma of it and like what, that what, what are the lines right yeah. exactly so like when we die is the killer gonna go to heaven because he didn't eat pork right right it's the person who actually helps people does charitable works but they ate a pepperoni pizza they're gonna go to hell because of that like that's hard for me to believe 100%. That's you where like the man-made aspect comes. You're like, you could start to see but, the touch of man. But still, till this day, I don't eat pork. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. Like, it's, a, right. it's, a, it's a, a, a morality habit that's been instilled in me from being born in the religion. And so that's the thing. Um, like you said, I went to a Christian church when I was younger. My best friend is Korean, and he was Presbyterian. And so every Sunday, I'd go to church with him. And he was part of the praise team. So I was, you know, I did praise team stuff. I did Bible study. That's I did so all that cool. stuff. I read the Bible. That's so cool. So yeah. So I've been on Christian retreats, uh, uh, VBS summer camps, lockdowns, mm -hmm. like all kinds of stuff. Like, you know, we've, I've fasted with them. We did a lockdown where we fasted all night. So, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, it's just like getting experience, like experiencing things. Like I said, opening yourself to opportunities, living, living exactly. So, you know, I, and when I tell people that some people are like, you know, they'll either be like, why'd you do that? Like, seems like a waste of time or whatever. Like nothing's a waste of time as long as you're creating happiness for yourself. Right. Oh man. Right. So like, and as learning. long as, as long as you're using time <laughs> to awesome. be happy, you're never wasting it. Yeah. You're spending right. it. If you like learning and that was a, a chance for you to learn, go outside your comfort zone. Absolutely. That's a positive. Religions and mythologies interest me so much. I just bought a bunch of books on Sufism. Uh, I'm not sure if you have any background with that. Um, and then I actually got uh, a Quran in English. I haven't read it yet. Nice. But um, I haven't read the Quran yet either. <laughs> okay. My mom won't let me. Really? She says that because I have a daughter. She says my daughter has to be married before I can read the Quran. I have to be free of all my worldly duties. And, and only then are you supposed to technically go on pilgrimage. I know people that are my age that still have duties that have gone on pilgrimage, but from what my mom has led me to believe, it's like you have to be free of all your worldly duties to go on pilgrimage or to read the Quran. Because if you have those duties weighing on you, you will never be able to 100% accept the message. Because oh. you'll always be thinking about something. You know, as humans, we always stress about something in the mm -hmm. back of our minds. Even though I'm talking to you right now, I'm thinking, oh, this month is, is Lux gonna do okay. This month, at the end of this month, I have my showcase. Am I going to do okay in a wrestling showcase? These are always in the back of my mind, no matter what's coming out my mouth or what I'm talking about. And as a human, that's just what it is. So they say once really you're done with all your duties yeah. and all of your stress is gone, and it's basically like your retirement mode, then you can do these things. Read wow. the Quran, go on pilgrimage. So what happens if you never made it? I mean, there's to the stage. You know of what? And nothing is guaranteed, right? I could leave you guys, and God forbid, I pass away tomorrow. Like it, it could happen. You know, you don't make it to that stage. That's life, you know, that's part right. of life. And to me, that's what makes life beautiful too. Right? Right. It's not guaranteed. Yeah, and, that's so true. And that's kind of like what, what drives my decisions every day. You know, like why, people will be like, well, why'd you do that? That's really wasteful or something like that. Like why, uh, my dad all the time has a gripe with me because he calls me a seven star son. He's like, you know, I, when I travel, I always fly first class. Mm -hmm. Okay, I, it's just a principle of mine. Okay. I, uh, Delta, first class, that's what I do. I have my reasons of doing it. And I don't have to explain it to anybody. Right. But to my dad, yeah, it awesome. seems so wasteful. Like, oh, why are you spent just buy an economy ticket? You are you're wasting so much more money flying first class? You know? And that's the that's the beauty yeah, of it. Yeah, but the comfort <laughs> I might die tomorrow. Yeah. I might right. die tomorrow, but I you know, I, would do I did what I, I love. Do the same thing. 
I did what I, if I can afford it, I did what I loved yeah. and I'm not, you know, burning through my cash just flying first class, but right. you know, it's like something that like like I said, it, sorry listeners, I don't have to defend myself. It's just how yeah, I live. Yeah. I live yeah. my life that way. So if you don't like it, you can call me your seven star son too. What is what is a seven star? What does that mean? You know, like a five star hotel. Yeah, yeah What's just seven star hotel, <laughs> just super extra. Super yeah, extra. Yeah, right. that's where it's from. So that's probably perfect for the guy who does jewelry. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. No, like, think I'm about just, it. If the plane goes down, would you rather be chilling with a cocktail in first class with your feet kicked or in the back packed in between? I mean, you know, if the plane goes down, <laughs> uh, I don't know where I'll be. <laughs> Probably in the cockpit. Like, right. why is this plane going <laughs> down? <laughs> I want answers. Yeah. I'm paying you for this flight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, no, it's, yeah, like you it's said, you point, know, nothing is, yeah. nothing's guaranteed tomorrow. So do, live your life to the best you can today. You know what I mean? Like, if there's a risk out there, you're, you're really scared to take the risk. Sometimes the risk might turn into another R word. That, no, well, that but maybe an R word that you will till the day you die regret. Mm. Right. So you're right. right. Risk can turn into a reward. It can also turn into a regret. I'd rather it turn into a reward or maybe even a failure, but then a regret. Oh, you know what I mean? Then the path not traveled. Sounds like a regret. It's like an eternal failure. It's, it kind of is if you think about it. Cause I mean, there's all, there's all these things that, you know, we've lived through and we're like, well, maybe I should have done that. And that always outweighs. I did this and failed Mm. Always. 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 I did it and failed just means you learned a way not to do something. Right. You you can learn a million ways not to do something. That'll teach you the right way to do something. Mm. Right? But if you don't do something, that's you're on the other end of that shadow. That's going to be worse than trying and failing. You right. know, like a lot of people, and me especially, like learning to be a wrestler now, it's like we learn that a lot of people, the reason that it, it we get punched in the face in the ring and, and the audience connects with that is because we all never want to be punched in the face. Never, yeah. ever. That's nothing like, hey, you want to get a punch in the face? <laughs> no. And then uh, you're going to be like, oh, I did not regret that later. Oh, right. right. Right? But then later, if you get into a fight, a real fight with someone, are you going to be able to take a punch in the face? I was going to say, I've, I'm happy I've been punched in the face. <laughs> so, like, you know what it feels like. Yeah. Right? You, it sucks. Yeah. But you know what it feels like and you know what you can take. Right. So, you know, what I'm saying? Point. Like, it doesn't seem like a regret. You realize you're more durable than you. Than right. You it doesn't seem like a regret at the time. It doesn't like, oh, I did not regret that guy offering to punch me in the face and me walking away from it. But it, in certain situation, it could be. It's just how you look at it. It's all perception. Right. So that's the thing, man. That's and that's the beauty of life. It's like you may not see things the way I do, but my two cents is my two cents and I don't have to defend it to you. So. That's I, beautiful. I'm digging it. I love it. I'm digging it. Mike just told us we got we hit that one hour mark. Oh, man. Um, I know you have to meet up with family. I do. My little brother got married this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. That was the video we were seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the in mustard my, and syrup In my and culture, eggs. we do a thing called a pity, and that is uh, basically like a bachelor party, but not as glamorous as like an American bachelor party where you go to like a strip club and have like a night out with your right, boys, right. cigars and steaks. It's more like we strap you to a chair, hit you with a bunch of eggs and shaving cream and mess around. <laughs> so I was showing these guys, my, my little brother, he got messed up. Uh, and it was just 11 minutes of glory. Yeah, that was just, that's, that's a good way to put it. Right. Like, he's in a chair. I start with an egg, then some shaving cream, and then all these guys come in with chocolate syrup, ketchup, mustard, relish, just dump it on the groom, <laughs> you know. Just, and then you just get a hose and just... Yep. We just prison break him out with the hose. <laughs> just, yeah. Water hose him down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just freezing cold water. That's hilarious. Freezing. No, it's funny because I was like... Um, I, to mess with him more because you know he had everything in his face he can't really see i'm like hey i'm turning on the hose but it's not turning on and he's like oh don't tell me that now and i was like yeah i guess there's no water you're just gonna have to drive home and, and clean up and he's like 
no because he was in my dad's lexus and he was so afraid of getting it messed up and i was like and then i hit him with the hose without warning him so yeah where are they getting married at uh they got married at so we just did like a in church type wedding okay. where there was only like 15 people because of covid all oh, right and then we celebrated at little mulberry park where they oh, had nice. like a uh, dude that's right over like uh, near hamilton mill yep near hamilton yeah, mill. dude i grew yeah. up right there yeah they had that um what's the thing the covered uh, uh like a I know it starts with a p I want to say pagoda, but I think that's wrong. Is it a gazebo? Gazebo. gazebo. It starts with a G. Okay. Gazebo. So, yeah. <laughs> they had like a gazebo area. We like rented it out and like we just had the family under the gazebo. Everybody was masked up and stuff. And, you know, we just, everybody just kind of sat apart, ate food, then came together and, that's you know, cool. did little ceremonies and whatnot. And nice. yeah, it was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Man. That was like the first time we actually have seen our families since the pandemic. So really? it was like a big thing for us. Wow. Yeah. We're out, I'm out here wilding. Yeah, I'm we, seeing everybody. Yeah, yeah. I'm walking into bars with no mask. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm diabetic, or at least I think I was. I may not be diabetic, diabetic anymore. I actually lost 25 pounds since I started wrestling. Yeah, Good I was going to say so. you look like you. Thanks, man. That's yeah. why I was going to ask, like, about the conditioning. It was more like, is it like crazy rigorous exercises y'all are doing, like it, running it's, and it's boxing? Like, I've never had like calluses, and like I have like you know like crazy calluses and stuff. Doing like weight training and shit. All, all yeah. So for the first two hours is, is how we walk in. For the first two hours we're in the ring we're either learning moves mm -hmm. learning how to wrestle or actually performing like with a partner like oh wow. they'll partner you and me together and we'll throw a match together and we'll actually perform it for the rest of the class get critiqued on it then the next two hours after that we're with our strength and conditioning coach and it's with chip smith um over here in norcross and they pretty much condition people uh, that are going out for the combine for the nfl oh, combine wow. and it's a very similar training we go through and it's very, very difficult. But like, there's a big sign on the wall, and I read it every day. And it said, "Crawling is allowed. Bleeding is allowed. Crying is allowed. All these things." And at the bottom, it says, "Quitting is not allowed." Wow. So, Intense. no matter what, no matter if I'm the last guy, the slowest guy, right. I, I, I'm not as in shape as a lot of these people. But as as long as I cross that finish line, that day, you're getting better. I'm good. I'm yeah. I'm doing better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and like. You know, they'll, they'll make us do things like they'll load up a, a trap bar mm -hmm. with like, you know, three plates of 45 on each side. And mm -hmm. you have to carry that 25 yards and back. Oh, and every man. five yards, you have to stop and do two deadlifts or you have oh, to stop wow. and do two shrugs. And so just from that, like I wear gloves because I try to protect my hands because I'm a jeweler. Right. But like even through the gloves, Still. you know, I got these calluses from that. And it's like the hardest part of that exercise is actually holding that damn thing. Mm -hmm. Not just like grip strength. Yeah. Right. Just not just even the weight of it, but right. exactly. It breaks your grip. Mm -hmm. And like, that's like the worst part. Cause once your grip starts breaking, you oh. start dropping that and you got to like pick it back it up. up and start again. Yeah. So that's cool. I mean, they, they put us through it, man. They do. But so your wife and family got to kind of love that though. Like, just, Oh dude, uh, you can healthier. And I was, uh, I was like two days ago walking around the house, just my underwear. My wife's like, Oh, your stomach looks like it's gone in. I was like, yeah, <laughs> oh, tell me again. Okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah, next time say another body part. <laughs> like, yeah. So I'm just, it's, that's what it is. It's me. Like, you know, my traps have gotten bigger. I've seen like little things in myself that so I'm if like, you lost okay. 25 pounds, you probably really lost like 50 and added some weight and muscle gain muscle. Definitely. Definitely gain muscle. I definitely am, am a lot stronger than I was when I started. And like this, if you're if you want to train to be a pro wrestler, this program is it's the nightmare factory. Their school is probably the most elite school in the country. And I highly my buddy told it. me that I highly recommend it. I highly if you want to if you're serious about what you do, try to get a spot in there. And, and it's not easy to get a spot, but try to get a spot in there because it'll it, it's worth it at the end. It's 100 percent worth it just to be just like the program that make you go through and don't just go in verbally. 
go in with your heart. Right. Go in and, and do what they're telling you to do. Because there are people that, 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 I'll give you an example. There's people that get hurt. We, we all get hurt. You know, it's, it's, it's a physical contact sport. Right. Sometimes things go wrong. There are people that get hurt. They show up the next day and they're sitting in the chair because they can't perform. I feel bad for them because we paid to be there. Okay. I myself went through a surgery on my lower back. That same day, I was back at the Nightmare Factory, laced up my boots, and got up on the ring apron. And our coach, Coach Mike, he was showing us how to do new moves. And the moves included a headlock takeover. A headlock takeover, the person getting taken over lands on their back. And I told him, I was like, I just had the surgery, I can't do it today. And he didn't look at me and go, then why are you up here on the ring apron? Like, why, why did you get dressed up and come up here? He said, okay, continued to work the students through, did everything, I said, Ali, I'm gonna teach you to take a drop toe hold. You land on your front, get in the ring. So he modified oh. the thing for me because he saw that and I was- you showed up. I showed up and I laced up my boots and I was on the apron. And so he did something for me. Nice. And, and that whole week we had matches and I've modified my matches so that every time I took a bump, it was a front bump rather than a back bump. And that's, you know, oh. that, that uh, just doing stuff that's like so that, cool, you Good know, you. Do, right. Doing it with your heart rather than just like saying you're, you're there. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. plenty of people show up and they're, you know, oh, my shoulder hurts. And they're sitting there with an ice pack on their shoulder, just watching us do things, man. Even if my shoulder was completely broken off, I'd still lace up those boots and get on the apron and be like, what can I do with my left hand? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> to because be the man! You gotta beat the man! <laughs> Woo! 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 <laughs> That's right. So there you go. Uh, that was awesome. a nice little surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> thank you, Mike. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Uh, but yeah, so it's just like, you know, I, I highly recommend going to their school. Um, this is a shameless plug for their school. Uh, but I highly <laughs> yeah, recommend yeah. going there if you can and, and learning from them because they're the, like I said, they're the best in the country, man. They're the best in the country. That's I don't crazy think, how it's right here. Yeah. yeah it's a, a lot of people don't know. I had no idea. And uh, be like Vegas. Exactly. Something. You would think so. And they have so many wrestling schools in LA. They have so many wrestling schools in the Midwest, but like this one is like one of the most elite and they teach you how to, how to wrestle the, what I like to say the right way, which is like. They, they basically make it so that you protect the person you're working with and yourself to the fullest. Like if you do what they're saying and you make it a habit, you will, you will find work. Nice. Okay. You'll find work in some capacity. People want people from this school because we're being taught the right way to do things. No now, shortcuts. You're not going to show up and hurt somebody. Are you able to say right. the company you're going to premiere for, you said you're going to have a debut showing? So we're having a showcase for the Nightmare Factory, which is our school. After that, there's no guarantees, okay? okay? So I'm not guaranteed a contract anywhere. I'm not guaranteed work anywhere. It's the amount of effort that I put into that is what I'll get out of it, okay? Okay. Right, so as the sheik, there is a certain kind of experience I wanna bring to you. Right. And if, I, if I'm successful in showing bookers from different promotions that experience, I think they'll be more likely to be like, hey, we want the sheik as part of our promotion. Mm. Okay. You know, if if I oh. if I can convey that message, you have a quote on your Instagram that I love. I thought a broke joker was saying something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I don't know if that's your tagline, but I like that. No, it was uh, it was just a caption I came up with for that, and it's funny because I promoted that post, and the first person was like, "You actually paid for this," and I was like, "Please refer to the caption because you're the person I'm talking about." <laughs> right. And it was just like. I, yeah, I'm paying to get my brand out there. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not ashamed of it. You know, yeah. you, you got to pay for. I play. thought. I thought it was cool as hell. I've literally used that line. 
Yeah, like sense. absolutely. Oh, I thought it's, a broke joker was saying something. Yeah, I yeah. thought a broke joker was saying something. I think, <laughs> I think that's like a money like like tagline. It, it's all the chic, baby. Like that's you know that's his yeah. whole persona right there. Is like he's not a broke guy. Like we were. It's funny because we were we're in a group chat together. Me and all the the people in this camp for the Nightmare Factory, and uh, one guy's gimmick is kind of like he's like real scrappy. Like he has holes in his shoes. Like he'll do whatever he can to win, and he's all about family. And him and I were going back and forth in our gimmicks. Like basically, I was yeah, the yeah. Diamond Sheik, and he was his name is Aaron Kirk. And uh, we were going back and forth. And then uh, he said something about like, um, "I'll save all the money I can. I'll even shop at a dollar store." And then I said, "What in the blue hell is a dollar store?" And literally <laughs> popped my whole class. They were like, "The Sheik!" <laughs> they loved it. And it's just like you know, that's what the Sheik is. Like he doesn't know what a dollar store right. is. Like. He has no idea. Like, if you were to tell him, like, oh, yeah, you could just pick up some cups from a Dollar Tree, he'd be like, what's that? Is there a tree that has dollars on it? <laughs> a I need to buy tree? one of those. Yeah, I like, need a few need... of those in my backyard. Like, <laughs> you know, that's 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 who the chic is. And to me, extent, like like I said, seven star son. Like, I just bring my authenticity from Have that. Have you thought about, like, your costume? Like, yes. So, like, are you going to, what? what's your, you know. I think I saw it. Get so I was actually it. referred. So, so the thing you saw on Instagram is kind of like uh, Sherwani, which is like a traditional, you know, piece of clothing that's kind of like more for weddings or like formal wear. And it looks like the wedding gear of right, your brothers. That you right, exactly. So like that kind of stuff, I would probably come out to the ring in, but I'd need some actual gear to wrestle in. You right. know, that's actually like movable, and, and I could wrestle in. So I actually um, got referred to uh, to a gentleman named Rick with GW Wrestlewear or Wrestle Gear, something like that, um, and he makes pieces for a lot of wrestlers like he's done ropes for charlotte he's done ropes for rick he's did uh jade's gear she premiered on aew um alongside Shaq yeah in that match wow. um you know he does stuff for aj styles he does stuff for dolph ziggler he does stuff for a lot of wrestlers and you know i i contacted him and you know i was like he's not gonna take me seriously i'm not contracted to be on tv or whatever um and then he's like, okay, come in for a fitting. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm actually gonna go into his, you know, shop and get fitted. I drove up to his shop, which is like up in, uh, it's like north uh, from here, 985 North. I had to drive like an hour to get there. Uh, but I went into his shop and such a nice guy. And, and, you know, we just started talking and I was like, okay, just be real with me. Like, you know, you do all these, like, why are you doing my gear? And he's like, to be honest with you, if you're not on TV, I don't do your gear. And I was like, well, Rick, I hate to break it to you, but I'm not on TV. <laughs> and he's like, well, you were a referral. And I was like, okay, so who referred me? You know, like who 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 said my name to get me into the door with you? I wanted to know because yeah. that that's a blessing. You know, it's a blessing mm -hmm. that to have someone. He said, who didn't say your name? Shaquille O'Neal, Jade, Ric Flair, and Charlotte Flair all said your name. Wow. I was like, that's amazing. That's that's incredible. That's, that's so cool. Yeah, I was so humbled at that. I felt this small at that moment. I felt this small at that moment. Right. Well, that just shows the impression you gave on all of them. Absolutely. And, and like, I, I love all of them. They're yeah, all like yeah. family to me. Like, I don't see them as like, you know, these celebrities with their heads up their asses. Like they're literally people I speak to on the phone or FaceTime. Or, like they're like my friends. So like mm. for them to say that and for me to be in his shop getting fitted for my gear. That's so cool. Yeah. And, and having quality gear like that from Rick, who does like the best gear, like the best. So, you know, it's it, definitely check him out. GW WrestleWear or WrestleGear on um, Instagram. He's phenomenal work. But yeah, so I will have gear for my premiere. Um, Are you gonna be like? I can't. I can't. I can't really get into it because okay. I think Rick and I want to keep it kind of a okay. secret. But I he's, he's drawing a lot of inspiration. Yeah, let us know, please. He's drawing a lot of inspiration it. from coming to America too. 
Okay. Oh, that's so like, there's cool. a lot of that last night. There's yeah. a lot of cool stuff in there. Like yeah, you yeah, saw, yeah. right? Like a yeah. lot of their outfits and whatnot. So he's drawing like inspiration from that, which I love. I'm like, okay, cool. It's not, it's not directly my culture, but it's the culture. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like it's a culture that I'm proud to be a part of. That's cool. Especially being a jeweler. You know what I mean? Yeah. So oh, it's like you know I he's drawing wait. some inspiration from that. He's drawing some inspiration from the Sherwani that I'm wearing on uh, Instagram and like kind of mixing things together for me, but. Um, all I can say is it's going to be kind of like Bam Bam Bigelow style. So okay. like, it'll be like full tights mm -hmm. and like a short sleeve top, you know, mm -hmm. and like kind of that kind of like one piece look in, but it's actually two pieces. Okay. But, um, yeah, same. Well, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it'll be, I mean, you'll be much. able to see, you'll be able to see our whole showcase on YouTube. Yeah. Um, uh, I That's think cool. at the end of the month. Oh, so wow. which is scary saying it out loud because wow. we've. Two weeks. I feel like we just started. Yeah. But yeah. like, you know, we're coming to a point where we'll be able to put on a match for you guys. So, so. the camp was. You're 11 weeks in, so it's like this three is week months, 11. essentially. Yeah, yeah, this is week 11. Is there uh, able to be live viewing? Like, can we go watch it? I think so. I think let, that... Let me know if we can. I, yeah, it's very... Dude, it's very I'd love great. to have you guys. It's very limited right. because of COVID, mm -hmm. and you guys probably have to wear masks, but, like, definitely they'll record it and put it on YouTube, Yeah. Um, and that way everybody can see it, but if there's, like, a limited number they give me, I'll definitely invite you guys. Trust yeah. me, we will go dude, nuts. We'll be go. screaming. On, we'll be bro. going nuts. Absolutely. You guys okay. have to. You guys have to boo me, okay? Of All course. Right. Yeah. Just boo me because I'm, I'm not going to be a nice <laughs> You're guy. You're going to be a healer? So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I like me it. being the sheik, I feel like I'm not as relatable as, like, I say, like a Dusty Rhodes or, like, a working man. You know what I mean? What so. if I'm just a bad guy in the crowd just booing the booing the peasants? I'm cheering you on. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever makes Scumbags, you happy. Scumbags, good job. What's funny is, like whatever makes you happy. Is yeah, it, like, yeah. a release for you? Because you're, like, a really – I can tell you're, like, a really nice guy. Um, so is it almost like a cool like it kind of is it's like acting you just happen to a part of yourself a that you don't part. get to express exactly, exactly. it's like yeah. kind of me being able to do my improv yeah. okay. you know what i mean yeah. and kind of like lay I'm, into like a character that i can't wait to see it that i just you know like what yeah, yeah. usually be in real life mm -hmm. so it is kind of like you know it's theater it's, it's tapping into your shadow self right and it's like a lot of chopin for me you know just like yeah. being able to like be grandiose and be mm -hmm. like yeah kind of dick show off a little bit you know yeah show off show a little off. bit so you know, like the whole dollar store thing. Like that yeah. was me, like <laughs> totally not jabbing at the dude saying it yeah. or jabbing at anybody, just being, but jabbing at the but general fun, idea yeah. of like, what Shopping is a dollar, a dollar store? store. <laughs> right. Like, what is that? Like, I like the other, the other day somebody was like, um, Hey, uh, did you know they came out with a new monster flavor? And I was like, monster. And they're like, yeah, the energy drink, you know, you get one at quick trip. And I was like, what is a quick trip? And then he's like, <laughs> are you shaking me right now? And I was oh, like, no. no, I really don't know what a quick trip is. And he's like, it's the gas station down the road. And I was like, Wait, you mean that's where like the peasant guy comes and puts the gas in your car and you give him like a hundred bucks and drive away? That place? Yeah. And then he's like, oh, chic. And I was like, oh, chic. I was like, you already know. Like, d d you know, like yeah. everyday things are a little different to the chic. So right. oh, that's, that's the cool. thing. I, I'm excited for that. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, I'm digging it. I'm digging that's it. That's so cool. Um, I think it's a beautiful way to end. So, guys, anybody that's listening, you're looking for jewelry, this is the spot to go. It's Lux, Lux Jewelers. Jewelers. There you go, Lux Jewelers. At Stonecrest, Mall of Georgia, and where's the third one? It's downtown Atlanta by appointment only. Okay, so you guys probably are not big enough to get there. You just broke jokers listening. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not actually like, it's not actually for like celebrities or anything. It's actually where we do a lot of our manufacturing. Mm. So that's why it's kind of like that. But okay. if you... Um, like if you wanted to come and shop there, there are like some like more bridal. Like if you're looking for like a, a nice engagement ring or something like that, I'll take you to that location. Okay. But like if you want like a nice Cuban chain or like emerald cut, you know, like baguettes or something like a piece made or a grill or something, I'm probably going to take you to Mall of Georgia or Stonecrest. So. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, small world, a lot of different synchronicities happening today. Hopefully get this thing I'm looking at later. 
Um, good luck, good luck on your showing, man, dude. Thank we're, you. We're here. Yeah, we're cheering wait. you guys on. So I'm gonna tell you guys on social. Uh, yeah. We're big on Instagram, so you can follow us at, at LuxJeweler. Not I'll Jewelers. L-U-X-E. L-U-X-E Jeweler. Uh, you can follow me at the Diamond Chic on Instagram and at, sorry, at Diamond Chic on Instagram and at the Diamond Chic on Twitter. Mm. Awesome. Diamond Chic was taken. Uh, apparently it was, yeah. Some guy with like five followers and no, no, like, <laughs> so you know, up. just to piss me off. That's <laughs> all. <laughs> They're like, I know, that, like, he, he, he got it like. 2010 so he was like i know six years from now like or like you know like <laughs> yeah. sorry 11 years from now yeah. someone's gonna be pissed off at this so i'm just gonna take it it'll be worth it ah uh, yeah totally worth it just to piss me but, off that one time but yeah so diamond at the diamond chic on twitter at diamond chic on instagram i need followers so yeah. yeah yeah please please do follow and you know interact like not just follow but like if you Build see me and I look like a jackass to you, tell me I look like a jackass. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing I love more. So a good yeah. heckle. Yeah, a good a good heckle. You know, keep me on my toes. I'm I'll, I will respond to you without being rude to you. So uh, you know, that's be rude. Kinda, throw be some chic. jabs. Kinda, I, I would throw, throw a chic jab. Throw, throw I, I'll jabs. throw I'll throw a chic jab, which is kind of like I'll, I might be more rude towards like what you're talking about okay. than you. You know okay. what I mean? I, I, because right. I still want to retain fans. Like you yeah. know, I want people to be in the crowd for me, and and you know, so but it just gives me something to stay on my toes about. Little throw a little improv at you know. Sounds cool, good. Man. And we want to thank Mike and Amanda as always. Thank, thank you, Mike Business and Amanda. Radio X, such a great place. I just met them today, but we're already getting married. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Love it. And this is uh, episode three of a free game podcast. Again, free, unrestricted game, life, business, mindset. <laughs>